This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Your boy Pat Lane here, as always, with my guy Matt St. Jean. And uh, this episode, as always, is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. And Matt, we're here to talk about, I, I don't even know if we could talk, I guess we're going to talk about the game in Dallas, but we really are here to talk about the game in Foxborough because I just... Man, that game in Dallas. If there's ever been a, you know, burn the tape and never watch it again, which of course we watched a 40 minute <laughs> JT O'Sullivan breakdown, but, you know, still like burn the damn tape and move on, right? Yeah, it's that kind of performance. Um, and yeah, let's, we want to move forward here to the game against New Orleans. Just, you're not. There's problems that have to be fixed, and obviously the players aren't really going to like burn the tape. But also, these lessons are like it's all things they can do. A lot of what happened in Dallas was just you know everybody uh, the the problem snowballing and everybody digging the hole one one shuffle full deeper. Mm-hmm. And you know you can't yeah you can take stuff away from the first quarter, maybe the second quarter of that game, third and fourth quarter. You're not taking anything away. You're just yeah. Uh, throw it in the trash, move on, try to find a way to, to get a win on Sunday and go from there. Right. Yeah. You know what? And what's crazy about it. And, and, you know, for me personally, at least, and I tweeted this out and I'll say it again on the podcast. And I don't know if I said it on the, on the instant reaction or not, but I feel like Sunday kind of confirmed for me that Mac Jones just isn't the guy. He's just not the guy moving forward. And I know, look, I, I, I understand that it's one game and we shouldn't overreact about one game, but I just feel like we've been seeing these same things from him. And JT, I thought did a great job. And guys, if you're not subscribed to the QB school, JT O'Sullivan does an incredible job, breaks down every quarterback from every week. Like he's, he's incredible. Um, you know, and he just grinds the tape and he does like a 35 minute breakdown. And he talks about every play and he draws it up and he shows you what the quarterback's supposed to be doing. He shows you what he did wrong. Shows you what he didn't do wrong. It's it's impressive. It's impressive. And okay. and watching that, and I know look, look, I I understand Mac Jones is not gonna play as poorly as he did in Dallas every game. I get that. I know that. The problem is, is that knowing that he has that in him and knowing that we've seen not that bad, but we've seen that stuff before from him, and knowing where his ceiling is capped. It just you look at it and say like you're never gonna really win in the league with this guy, you know, unless he 100% figures that out and doesn't have those types of games anymore, and he just hasn't shown over the first three years of his career that he's gonna put those behind. Him. 
No. And in terms of this season, he is on like the third hole and he's out of mulligans. That's that's basically where it is. And and with this offense, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a driver in his bag. Right. Um that's basically the situation that he's in and you gotta shoot par. Like that's it's gonna be a tough needle to thread. And that's like I, I said, I'm not out on Mang Jones, but I'm as close to that as you can get. Yeah. Um while still believing a little bit. Uh, right. And, I mean, and, and part of it is you have him cheap under contract for this year and next year. So, you know, while you're still figuring out what's going on, he's not an awful quarterback. But as the franchise guy, you really, what happened this past Sunday is the type of thing you can only stomach once every two or three years and like right. be okay with it. A meltdown to that variety of that. Yeah, of that variety. And like you said, JT O'Sullivan talked about some of it. Um, he just, there's one play in there I'll mention that I think really stood out. There's a concept the Patriots have run since year one with Mac Jones. For those who play Madden, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about once I start describing this. They put two receivers on each side of the formation. One side, it's going to be a, a slant flat. So the outside receiver is going to go three steps forward, cut to the middle of the field. The inside receiver is just going to kind of drift outwards and be open. The other side of the field, there's two receivers, and it's what's called a stick concept. So the outermost receiver is going to drift outwards in some variety, and the inside receiver is going to run a couple yards, and then based on what the defense is doing, either stop or break out, or break out a little bit and stop. There's a couple of varieties of it. But they run this, and you know you can... It's a quick hitter. You, you're you basically picking before the, the play which side you're going to read, and you're going to high-low the defense, and you're not going to get anything more than like four or five yards on it most of the time unless you're breaking tackles, but you're pretty much guaranteed some kind of a completion and to start moving the ball. Right. And they called one of those for Mac, I think, after his fumble and his pick six, and he ran it up the middle immediately. He like didn't even look at the receivers. He had guys open. And that's just so far outside of what he does. It's just the the way JT O'Sullivan was describing it was like the the fourth string quarterback in a high school game who was really he really plays a different sport. He gets put in at quarterback at some point and he realizes, oh man, they're all trying to tackle me, right? And just panics and runs. And it's like that's you can't afford that with Mac Jones, not with a guy who's supposed to be winning with his mind. No, no. And, and, you know, it's funny because JT pointed out another one, too, and it's and similar, very, very similar concept, except you had, you know, slant flat, right? On the right side, slant flat. On the left side, I don't know. I'm not sure what the outside guy was doing, but I know Henry was on the inside running a flat. And here, here's the more shocking thing for me about the play that he highlighted was that both – the slant on the right and the flat on the left were wide open, wide mm-hmm. open. Now the slant on the right may have been NFL open, but I think it was more NFL wide open. It might've been college open. Like the, the flat yeah, route on the left, the Nobody flat right on the left. That was freaking, that was pop Warner open. I mean, that was like, there was nobody on the sideline with him. And instead of, Instead of sitting back, Mac does the same thing. Gets to his third step of his drop and immediately takes off up the field. And then a defender closes on him. So he tries some ridiculous shovel pass garbage 
towards Ramondre Stevenson, which bounces a yard in front of him because he's. it was just like, what in the world could you have possibly been looking at? And like, and look, I get it. The Cowboys are really good up front. The Patriots offensive line, by every metric you look at, has been terrible. I, I understand it, right? Trent Brown's playing pretty well. Beyond That's Trent it. Brown, they've been awful. Awful. Doesn't matter who's playing left guard. He's sucked. David Andrews hasn't played very well. Mike Onwenu played horrendous on Sunday. Three penalties in the first half. And, you know, Vidarian Lowe ain't cutting it at right tackle, okay? No. And so, you know, so so it's been bad. And I, I understand that. I totally get it. But at some point, you have you can't tell me that you can't throw a slant route on a three-step drop or a flat route on a three. You can't tell me that, man. And so yeah, that's the stuff for me where I just – I look at it and, and look, light engine's asking a good question here, right? Has Mack been giving a fair opportunity the last three years, right? Has Bill done all he could do to elevate his play, right? And, and listen, last year, and we're going to talk about Bill Belichick. We will talk about Bill Belichick. That's why the title of this thing is, you know, why the Saints game is a turning point in his legacy. Last year, Bill screwed him, 100%. Screwed him, right? And and I was one of the, I was a person in the camp that was like, well, I mean, it looks stupid, but like, you know, he's got to know something. He didn't. He didn't know anything. It was a stupid decision, and he screwed a year for Mac Jones, 100%. But like, we saw some of this his rookie year, and we said, he's just a rookie. He's fine. He, you know, he's playing well for a rookie. He'll get there. We did, we saw a lot of this last year, and now we're seeing it again this year, and you're like, what? like, no, it's not okay. Like, it's not acceptable. And it's the, you know, it's the mechanics of it. It's the mind stuff. That's the stuff that's more frustrating because if Mac Jones is going to be good, he has to win with his mind. And he's been, frankly, he hasn't just been not winning with his mind. They've been losing because of his mind. And that is really bad. You can't, you can't have it. You can't have it. And it's not, I don't think... It's a matter of if he can do it. I think he's just getting a rattle. He did this stuff in right. weeks one and two. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not whether he can do it. It's if he can do it and not get rattled. And so far that hasn't been the case. Um, and like as to the question of if he's been given a fair shot, I'd probably not, probably not fully. But also you don't really need that to tell sometimes. Like he's right. he's leaving a lot of meat on the bone with with some of this stuff. Um, and you know, I just I look at CJ Stroud right now down in Houston and their offensive line's banged up and, and their receivers aren't guys everybody was hyping up coming into this year. And yeah, they've played well, but like Stroud's done a really good job and elevated those guys, and that's not not what's going on with Mac. And trust me, there's a lot of land to go around on this offense right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to completely bury just Mac because that is not fair to him. Right. But you can't leave this much meat on the bone in the offense and also not have the big plays to make up for it. Right. Like you just, that, that is the part you can't live with. Uh, if yeah. you're going to be a distributor, then you have to be ridiculously efficient at it. Otherwise it doesn't work. It's almost like the running game at that point. Um, right. Well, and, and look, yeah. you know, there are plays, right? There are plays we talked about in the, you know, in the Eagles game, Kendrick Bourne drops the third and 12 pass in the Eagles game. Right. Kendrick Bourne drops the deep pass. Was that in the Jets game? They dropped the deep. No, it, was that in the Eagles game as well, where he dropped the deep pass on the left sideline? 
Um, yeah, that was, uh, no, that was the Dolphins game. That was the Dolphins game. Okay, so so you have some plays that you know are out there that you wish would have been made. Obviously, you have the play to Kayshawn Booty where you wish you would he would have gotten his foot down. But like, you know, we can sit there and talk about that. But how many times is he making that great throw? That was an unbelievable throw to Kendrick Bourne. It was a phenomenal throw to Kendrick Bourne on third and twelve that he dropped. I get that. That's a tough catch by Kendrick Bourne. How many times is Mac making a great throw and asking his receivers to make a great catch? Because he's not doing it often, in my yeah. opinion. And so, like, it works both ways. You can't ask the wide receivers to be perfect and then give Mac, you know, the benefit of the doubt because the wide receivers aren't perfect when, you know, on every single play. Like, it just, you know, and I know they don't have any big play guys. It looks like they made a huge mistake in bringing in Juju and not keeping Jagoe Myers. That seems pretty obvious that that was a big mistake. Okay. And that's something they're going to have to live with. Okay. So yes, does it screw things up? It does hundred percent. It, it does. Right. But you move on and you just say, Hey, it is what it is, what it is. And we go from there. And so maybe that means that Juju doesn't play anymore. And pop Douglas takes over his role. You know, I don't know, but it just, you know, at some point, it's like, hey, you're not making enough plays for us to sit here and say that the only that like the receivers are letting you down. The receivers yeah. at times have let you down, but at times you've let your receivers down too. You know, so it, it yeah. goes both ways. It absolutely does. And another play from Sunday too that he had touched on, and I'd picked up on watching the game that that first drive, like the the throw to Gasicki in the back of the end zone. Yep. When you watch it back, Devontae Parker is wide open on a drag route over the middle of the field. If he catches it, it's either a walk-in walk in score or he's if you throw it later, maybe the defender is there and it's, you know, he's down at the one, but you're picking up the first down at that point. Mm-hmm. Um and the way JT O'Sullivan was talking about it is that's that's the number two read on the play. You're gonna go to something on the right side and then the drag route and then where Gasicki was. What he pointed out is that it looks like Mac is going through it too fast. If you watch his feet, it looks like it's the same thing. And it mm-hmm. all screams that he does not trust the offensive line at all. Right. And, it's, and it, this is twofold. He has to, you have to ask him to play like he trusts the offensive line, even if he doesn't trust the offensive line. Correct. That's, that's the only way to do this because, you know, sometimes you got to hang in there and take a shot and throw the ball anyway while you're getting hit and make a play happen. That's what elevates you, that's what separates people. You saw it happen from Dak in the game. You know, Kyle yep. Duggar lighting him up, and it doesn't matter. The play goes for a first down because he hangs in and makes the throw. You got to be able to do that. You got to be able to step up on stuff. Um, and you just have to play in sync. You know, your your mind has to play in sync with your body, which has to play in sync with the timing of the other guys on the field. And that's not the case. And that's not just on Mac Jones. And uh, I don't know. I, I think part of it is, you know, you go through a lot of coaches and it's tough, but. Bill O'Brien's a good coach. Bill Belichick's not a bad coach here. Nobody thinks that. Uh, Some of it's just Mac has to get to this point. Uh, They're they're telling him all the right things. I guarantee you they're not teaching him to have his feet be all over the place and have his timing all messed up. So he has to figure out a way mentally. And it's not like he can't do it. He did it in the game on Sunday. He made some really nice throws in the game on Sunday. It wasn't all bad. He does show you he can do it. It's about doing it more consistently it's, and that's it. doing it with all the bonehead stuff too. Right, right. And that's, look, 
the the issue that I have, and I know people, you know, want to defend Mac, and I don't blame people for defending Mac, right? I got no problem with that. You want to defend Mac and say that Boston sports media is unfair to him. I agree with you. Like there's a lot of Boston sports media that are very unfair to him mm-hmm. and don't look at both sides of the story. However, we also have to look at the fact that his ceiling is not super high. He is a guy that's going to win be pre-snap and he's going to win mentally. And he hasn't done that enough. He's done that at times, but he hasn't done that enough. Okay. And so, yes, are the weapons around him great? No, this isn't the Bengals offense, right? I understand that. I get it, right? This isn't even the Vikings offense with with Justin Jefferson. I I understand, right? It's not for lack of trying. Now, we're going to get into Belichick, right? But, like, it's not from lack of trying. They've traded They've gone out and signed the consensus number one wide receiver in the market. They've paid big money for wide receivers that they thought had specific skill sets that they need. They've done those things. They've gone out and signed two premium tight ends, right? They went out and signed the number one tight end in free this year. So, like, they've done all of these things. But, like, at the end of the day, it hasn't really paid off, and I understand that. And again, we talked about the coaching has, has set them back as well. But like, but again, at a certain point, you have to look at it and say, well, the quarterback, if the quarterback were making plays, you can see it. I mean, you can see it. Like, I know guys aren't wide open. And the the hard thing about the hard thing about screenshots is that you, screenshots don't tell you the whole story. I can screenshot, you no. can screenshot any play at any moment, and it looks like everyone's covered or it looks like everyone's wide open. Like you just yeah. you can't you have to watch the play through to actually see if people are open or not with the timing too, of what the correct supposed to be doing. Exactly. And that, so that's, that tells you the whole story. Fine. Okay. But like if the quarterback's making the right reads and the wide receivers aren't there, or if the quarterback is making the right play and the wide receiver isn't there, like fine. And, and you know, look, here's a great example. The last interception he threw to Juju. All right, and JT broke this one down too. We keep talking about it. Just go watch the damn video. But yes. um, but like on the last interception of Juju, number one, it was never open. But it was it, the idea behind the the route was that Juju's the inside guy running and out. Okay, and so fine. Okay, Juju is is the inside guy. Those two outside guys have to run a rub on his guy. To give him some time, okay? And so they didn't. Neither of them did. Devontae Parker actually moved out of his way instead of trying to run into his path, which is ridiculous. Like no awareness whatsoever from Devontae Parker. But the throw was late. His footwork was a disaster on that play. And the ball floated out there. Like if it had been a timing route, and the ball was right there, and Juju had it, but the guy stepped in front. Like, okay, you'd say, hey, that one's not that one's not on Mac. That's a timing route. He's just throwing it right there. But, but everything else is a mess. Yes, Parker screwed it up too. Juju didn't run a great route. We get it. But like, at the end of the day, like it was a bad throw. And and yeah. just one just one more thing. Do not ever, ever. Use the names Josh Allen and Mac Jones in a sentence ever again, except for the fact that Mac Jones 
doesn't have a tenth of the arm talent and athleticism that Josh Allen has. Because at the end of the day, and listen, I talk to my dad about this all the time when we were, when we were watching the games. We're like, he's a hell of an athlete. Don't know if he can play quarterback, but holy crap, he's a hell of an athlete and has a cannon for an arm. They got him a number one, a number one wide receiver, and you see the, some of the things that he can do. Mac Jones isn't that guy, man. He's not. He's not that guy. He's not Tom Brady. If he's not winning with his with his mind, you're not winning big games with Mac Jones. It's just not happening, right? And Josh Allen still hasn't won a Super Bowl, right? But like, he's incredible. He's incredible, yeah. and he makes boneheaded plays all the time, hundred percent. But he is a freak, and so you live with the boneheaded plays because he is incredible, and he does things that nobody else can do on a football field. And so you say, all right, I can talk myself into some of this crap because he's so good in other areas. Mac Jones doesn't do that. There's zero, not one area where you look at Mac Jones and say, man, he's elite at that. It's unbelievable. We have to have that on our team. There's nothing, zero. He's mediocre. He might be above average in a few, but he's mediocre at most. And so it's like, why are we waiting around for his development if in year three he still isn't the guy we need him to be? And and not only that, like you're not you're not waiting on untapped athletic potential. It's not like, hey, right. if you read like it's like, wow, he threw that 60 yard touchdown and then he threw a pick six. We got to make sure we can clean that up. It's just it's yeah. Right. And it's not it's not all negative. You look at that play he made to Pop Douglas on the first drive of the game. Right. He's right. not Mac Jones is in some ways more athletic than Tom Brady, at least the young Tom Brady. He can throw on the move and he can do stuff like that. He can he can extend plays. He just has to do that while not throwing it directly to the defense. Things right. like that. Um, and he has he he gets out, out of the pocket probably a little bit more than he should, especially right. against elite pass rushes. He locks in on some of his reads a little bit more than I think he should. He's still accurate, uh, which is kind of crazy because his footwork is super inconsistent, but he's accurate no matter what. But he doesn't throw a fastball, which means you got to throw with anticipation. Just to to get his ball where it needs to be, he's got to know sooner where he's throwing it than other quarterbacks do, which is fine. Uh, He has has enough arm talent to to be in the league. That's not it's not like he's late career Chad Pennington or anything like that. Like he's got the arm talent to be there. But he just has to win with his mind a little bit earlier, and it's not happening. And that's why, like, I, I, I do want to see how he looks against worse defenses here. I think part of the reason why um, New England's pass blocking stats are as bad as they are is that you play against a Philly defensive yeah. line that is dominant, and you get the Dallas defensive line, and you get the Jets defensive line, and that's not gonna that's not gonna help you. You're gonna get right. some easier fronts here, but like. The Saints front is no slouch. They're, they're going to play Washington. Washington's got a pretty good front. Indies got a pretty good front, I think, when they play them. They got some talented players there, at least. So it doesn't, it's not going to be easy. Like, there's still going to be some tough opponents, but there's some defenses in here that, in theory, this offense should be able to score against. Uh, I think you hope Tyquan Thornton can both come back and be a difference maker. If you're missing on, on Juju Smith Schuster, then you kind of, the two guys you were hoping on this year were Juju and Taekwon to be difference makers in the offense. Juju, I, I don't think that's happening at this point. I think we can, I don't think he's a bad player, but he's just kind of Devonte Parker without the contested catch ability right now. 
Um, and I don't, I mean, you can put him on the field in blocking situations and use him rotationally, but nothing more than that. Tyquan's got speed. You hope that you can put that to good use and get some big plays out of it and go from there. Um, Cause I think, I mean, I think you still want to win football games here, depending on what the future of this team is going to be first and foremost. And we're talking about Bill Belichick. I, you know, if that dude's been given a mandate that he has to win a certain amount of games to keep his job, he's going to try to win that number of games to keep his job. You look at the moves they made at cornerback today, which we'll have to talk about in here at some yep. point. Um, but I also think tanking can be a little bit overrated. Um, like I, I think this, this defense is really, really, really good right now. And I think it's a championship level defense, if healthy. And I think you have a lot of leaders on this team. And if you're going to tank and lose a lot of that, I don't think that helps you. I think if you're going to, if you take this fully down to the studs, you risk the issue of getting rid of a lot of good players and, and talented leaders in the locker room. Right. And that's, that's really hard to replace all at yeah. once while you're also bringing in talent. Uh, that's a very difficult thing to do. It's one of the reasons, like, uh, some of the most successful teams out there have been teams that were good and talented, but had injuries, had bad records because of it, but like kept the core. And maybe that's something the Patriots get a little bit lucky with. They have less wins than they should, and you get a high draft pick, but you keep this core intact, and you can go forward with like a top ten talent on the roster. But like, I don't, I don't think you're trying to tear this down yet, and I don't think Bill Belichick's going to let it happen. I also like to enjoy my Sundays, so I hope they keep trying to win games. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And it's hard. I mean, like, you know, JW points out, like, San Fran went 3-13 and and then got Debo and Nick Bosa, right? I understand. I get that. Jimmy G also got hurt and was out for the year, and they were starting Nick Mullins, a quarterback. Like, their team was – it was understandable. You looked at it and said, hey, like, what are we going to do? Like, our, our franchise QB is out, and we're rolling with some guy that stinks, right? If Mac Jones gets hurt for the year and you're rolling with Bailey Zappi – and you finish three and 14, well, then we look at it and say, well, you know, what are you going to do? Like, Mac Jones got hurt. Bailey Zappi came in. He's not that good. Just is what it is. Maybe we switch to, you know, Will Greer halfway through the year, and, and we can only win a few games because guys were hurt, and Christian Gonzalez gets hurt, Matthew Judon gets hurt, and so on and so on, right? But, like, you know, just tanking, just putting your best players up there every, every week and tanking and losing every week is not good for your culture. It's not good for your team. And Belichick even knows that, that and I'm never going to do it. That four and 12 Niners team in 2018, like that team still had like really good players on it too. They had right. Kyle Juszczyk, they had George Kittle. Yeah. Um, the offense was a little bit bare, but defensively, you know, Fred Warner, DeForest Buckner, Eric right. Armstead, DJ Reed, Richard Sherman, Akello Witherspoon, Solomon Thomas, a lot of guys who've yeah, been in this league. Team. I think they traded, uh, they trade for Trent Williams that offseason too, like after that year. I think they did. But I don't. Remember. I don't know. I can try to find that out. Anyways, all right. Let's get to let's get to a commercial, uh, and then yeah. we will come back. We got we got to flip the script and talk about Bill Bill Belichick because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, boys and girls, this is it for me. This is it. This is this is a big moment in Belichick's Patriots tenure, and I'll explain why when we come back. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay, so look, here's the thing with Bill Belichick, all right? Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. I, I, to me, it's not up for debate. It is not debatable. It is not like, oh, well, maybe, no, no, no. He is the greatest coach of all time, all right? What happened this weekend was just completely embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was the worst loss of his career, of his Patriots career. It was the worst halftime deficit of his career. It was a complete embarrassment. And look, here's the deal, right? Bill Belichick wants to become the the all-time winningest coach of all time. He does. He wants to. Let's not be on. Like, he is a football historian. He wants that record, right? I get it. But, like, people say that as a negative, as if, like, he just cares about winning. Well, yeah, he cares about winning. Like, to get the record, he needs to win games. So, like, he wants to win as much as possible. And so, like, I think that that's that's okay, right? But, like, here's the thing for me, and this this is what I'm looking at. He's the GM. He's built this team. He's made countless mistakes. And, again, if... Tyquan Thornton doesn't start paying off. We're going to look at another wide receiver miss with another wide receiver that got taken after him that I think was obvious in George Pickens that they didn't take, right? Even Alec Pierce has been okay for, for Indy. Really not that great, but all right, at least. And so we can second guess that, right? There's a, there's a bunch of picks we can second guess if we're being honest, right? But we're in this situation because of Bill Belichick, right? You talk about Jacoby Myers and 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 um, and Juju Smith-Schuster, but here's the big thing for me: beyond the roster building, beyond everything else, Bill Belichick's teams don't get blown out often. No. When they do, they come back the next week. Yeah. Okay. Everyone remembers 2014. Right, Brady gets benched. They have one of the worst games of Kansas City. It was forty-one to fourteen. They go on to Cincinnati and they blow the doors off of the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals. Just absolutely kill them the next week. Okay, in twenty twenty-one, they got smoked by the New Orleans Saints at home. It was an embarrassing game. Right, it was an awful game. It was the John o. Smith game where Mac threw four picks and one of them got returned for a touchdown because John o. Smith literally ball in his hands, dropped it, and the guy returned for a touchdown. It was embarrassing. The next game was Tampa and Tom Brady. The Super Bowl winners really? that 
It, right. It or that, I guess the defending, the defending champions, right? They played their asses off in that game. Right now they and lost, but they played their asses off in the game. They came the next game and showed up and played really well. All right. So there's that one. And even last year, you want to go back to last year. Last year, they got embarrassed on Monday night to, to the Chicago Bears. Now, the Chicago Bears haven't won a football game since they beat the Patriots 33-14. Yeah. to 14. They literally haven't won a football game. That was last October 24th. That's the last game that the, that the Chicago Bears have won as an organization. And so... You know, it was that's as bad as you can possibly get. Mac Jones getting booted home. What do they do? They go into New York the next week. And look, New York, I get it. They go into New York the next week and beat the Jets 22 17. Yeah. You you go back to 2020, they had that blowout loss at home against San Francisco. They won, I think, four of their next six. Right. After that one. And their, their next game was a loss at Buffalo, but that was the the Cam Newton fumble game. That game should have gone to overtime or they should have won it in regulation, which the number of games that they've had and um, that were one possession games where they were in field goal range and fumbled in the last four years or three years or whatever is insane and makes me want to pull my hair out. But um, what what did they do in 09 after the Saints game that year? Do you remember? I can try to pull it up if you don't. Uh, I don't remember. I do remember that they, they did eventually come back, um, from that. I think that they, they lost the next week at Miami and then won three in a row. So, and how did they, and play it was a one Miami? point loss on the road. So see, that's the thing. See, it's, it's not about getting the win much the next better. Week. That's what it is. Show up and play, right? Show yeah. up and play hard. And, and that's all it is to me, right? Is we looked at it and said, Okay, they they played like absolute garbage. It looked like they gave up, and I know they didn't give up, but it looked like they gave up on Sunday against against the the uh, the Cowboys. And I would say they never even showed up. It looks like right, mm-hmm. but they need to come out on Sunday and play really well against the Saints team. The Saints team is not a great team. I know their defense is pretty good. They're great, but they're pretty good. But like this Saints team isn't that good. They need to they need to like play well against them. I'd like them to win. I think they should win, but I'd like them to play well and not be so stupid. They've just played so dumb lately. And that that's really pissing me off because that's not what Bill Belichick coach teams do. And they've done that consistently really since Brady left. And even really before Brady in 2019, like they have, they have not played smart in the last five years. You can go back to 2018 with the, was it 18 with the Miami miracle? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you, this is which, by the way, was got, on, which, which interestingly enough, was on J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson's the one that screwed that play up and allowed them to score. That and Gronk, Gronk being out there. <laughs> well, yes, that's uh, yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I you just you got to find a way to win this game too. I think for morale. Um, and what's crazy is that, like, if if we had told you. Before the season, they go one and three to start the year. Everybody's going to look at the schedule and say, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's the fact that the blowout loss was the most recent one and the way it happened, which has everybody so scared. The other part is that you lose Christian Gonzalez and Magic on. JC Jackson is not Christian Gonzalez. Like there, there's that's a cool. drop off at corner now and there and in pass rush, and that's not great. 
this defense, especially once you get Jonathan Jones back. I don't know if he, he's going to be back this week, but once he's back, like it's still a good secondary um, whenever Jack Jones returns to. It should be fine. You should be able to win with this defense. I don't know if you're going to win because of it, but you can win with this defense. Correct. Um, yeah. This is where the offense has to step it up. Um, they haven't been scoring this year. I think you can throw a lot of excuses around why. Saints are a good enough team. They play a lot of man coverage. This is a game where you just have to find a way to make something happen. Especially, you know, this is the third year in a row they've started one and three. Last year, they started one and three, finished one game out of the playoffs. The year before, they started one and three, they made the playoffs. One and three is not a death sentence for your playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. And I think on paper, if Mac Jones doesn't have a game like last week again and plays like he did the first two weeks of the season, this is a team that can get there, especially right. because the, the schedule has softened up a little bit. If you get the Mac Jones that you did last week, I think you're going to be lucky to go 500 against some of the teams that you were, were really counting on beating right now. And that's where you're looking at, you know, a top 10 pick. So I think you want to see Mac Jones bounce back. And even if, even if he isn't your franchise guy, if you move on after this season, you want to see him play well enough. You can get something in return for him. If you right. trade him or you feel good enough with him as your backup for whatever's going to happen um, to, to play. I think you want to see him play better. But the other thing, like if, if the mandate here is that Bill Belichick needs to make the playoffs to keep his job, you're going to see this team fight for that. Right. Uh, Cause it's clear in the locker room, they like him and the way they talk about him and revere him. Uh, they don't talk about him the way fans or media do. I'll tell you that much. Right. And he's earned a lot of respect there. And they're going to want him to keep his job. Uh, we don't, I don't even, I, I'd be curious to, to read Robert Kraft's mind right now and see what exactly he thinks about this team. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of, arguments that can be made on either side of what you do going forward. But man, it all starts this week. You got to put something together. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the biggest thing, right. For me is that I just don't know. I don't think Robert Kraft wants to fire Bill Belcher. I I really don't. And, And no matter what happens, I really don't think that he wants to fire Bill Belichick really regardless of the situation. Belichick has done so much for him. And his family and, and you know, and the team that he loves, frankly, right? I mean, he owned the team, but he yeah. grew up a Patriots fan, right? So, like, yeah. you know, Belichick has done so much and has been, you know, a a shepherd of the game and a historian of the game, really. And I know that the media doesn't like him because he doesn't give them the answers that they want. But he's also been very open. He had the football life 2009 where, the, where you know, they followed him around. He had the bill, you know, the bill and save it or the bill and bill thing that like he's done a really he's done a really nice job of being open and talking about things that didn't involve the game. And look, he's also not throwing his players under the bus ever. He's never done that with his players ever. He will never get on the podium and and talk shit about a player ever. I've never heard him do it unless it's Freddie Mitchell. Wow, but that's not his play. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. But like, but he'll never get up and talk about one of his players at, the, at on the stand ever. You know, like you ask him about Mac Jones, and hey, you know, we got to get we, the off the whole offense got to play better and this and that. But like, he'll never call out a player in the media. He hasn't done it, and he won't do it. He might call him out in front of the team. He might, you know, rip him personally, but he won't do that in the media. And there's not a ton, of, not a ton of guys that do. But like. 
I just – the guys in the locker room like him. He, he runs the ship the way he wants to run it. And, like, you know, I, look, he's not – He's not perfect anymore. And and to be honest with you, the situational stuff has been irking me a bit, right? The fact that they're not good situationally anymore, the fact that they don't call the right plays in the right situation, the fact that they can't come up with big plays and big moments anymore, those things are alarming. But at, then at the same time, you're like, well, who are the guys that are playing? You know, like, yeah. was, it, was it because Bel- – and again, and Belichick has said it millions of times. It's a player's game. The player's – win the games. Players play, coach is coach, right? But again, Bill was the GM, right? He's the one making the decisions. I think you've seen him pull off a little bit. There were reports that he didn't love Mac Jones coming out of college, that the scouts talked him into taking Mac Jones. He's listening to the scouts more often than he was in the early part of his career because he understands that, hey, things haven't been working out. Let's try. Let's just see what happens. And I think that you've seen some of that happen, but you know, to to me, I just I just look at it and just think like, you know, I get it, I understand. People are pissed about Belichick, but like, he's got a long way to go. But if this happens consistently, if what happened in Dallas happens a few more times this year, that's really concerning, and it makes you wonder if like he hasn't lost the locker room in some way, right? Or if or if he's just in over his head at this point. I, I don't know. But that's, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When I think we, um, I think a lot would depend on, like, how things happen, too. Because if they go out there and they're getting blown out, but it's because, obviously, the defense just can't keep up without some of these guys. And they're too banged up. That's not something Bill should be held accountable for. You right. can only have so many players on the roster. If they all get hurt, you know, that's not on the coach or the GM. That's bad luck. And, and you throw it out and you say start again. Um, when it comes to just like go move on to the next season, if it, if the issue is Mac Jones, then you start having interesting conversations here because forget what you think about Bill Belichick for a second. If you got to take a ride here with a new quarterback after this season, when that happens, there's usually coaching changes. Guys don't usually get a whole lot of opportunities to draft guys, and at Bill's age. If he's only going to be here for even three more seasons, let's say, if everything goes well, you're not drafting a new quarterback for a coach who's going to be gone in two years. That's not that's not how that's going to go. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the other the other part of this too. Let's say, you know, we hit the end of the season and, and we're still feeling the same way about Mac Jones we feel right now, and he's not the guy. You look around and see what your other veteran quarterback options are. Right. Because you have the opportunity to trot a top five defense out there next season if you're bringing everybody back that you want to bring back. Like you can you can you can just do that. If you can bring a top five defense out there with coaches that you know can win championships, if you got an opportunity to upgrade the quarterback position and try to overhaul the offense in one offseason and go for it with a tight window, I think you have to. And I think you got to keep Bill for that. I don't. You're not going to move on to a new coach for that. As to some of the situational stuff, I do think a lot of that has to do with the players, too. And, like, one, I, this is something J.T. O'Sullivan didn't talk about. But one of the things I've picked up on watching film, Patriots are running into loaded boxes a ton, running to the sides of formations where they have more or right. more defenders a lot. And I don't know exactly what's in the play calls, so I can't say anything for sure, but... 
when Brady was there and could do literally anything he wanted at the line of scrimmage because he was the offense, that didn't happen as much because he can change the play and get out of stuff or, or do whatever. And there's some plays where, you know, you I watch film on a running play and it's when I watch the whole thing through. And the first thing I always do is look for the guy who made the tackle and then go back to the start of the play, look for where he is, follow him and see who is supposed to block him. There's a lot of plays where the guy who, who's making the tackle wasn't supposed to be blocked by anybody. He's just an extra guy. They don't have enough blockers for it. And if the Patriots are running in that situation, who's responsible? What's going on? Is this a right. Mac issue? So you're not making the right reads? Is this a Bill O'Brien play calling issue? Is it Bill Belichick somehow? I don't think he'd be directly involved in that process. That's something they got to clean up and fix here going forward. And yeah, I know I'm kind of rambling a bit, but <laughs> no, but listen, I, I think, but I think it makes sense because the part of it for me that makes sense is that like they have to be able to run to win the game. They have to be able to run. And so like, I, I just, you know, they have to figure it out because they haven't been able to run at all. And I know they ran against the jets a little bit, 140 was it 140 or 120? Uh, might've been 120. We're going to go with 120, 120 yards yeah. against the jets. Um, so they were able to run a bit. They couldn't run against the Cowboys. They couldn't run the first two games either. And I know the offensive line has struggled, and I know they've played very good teams up front. I get that. You gotta be. You gotta find a way to run it. You gotta find a way, you know. And and so, it's it's hard. It's hard to do it. I get it, but like you gotta find a way to do it. Um, and so, you know, moving forward, it just becomes you have to be a run first team. They they this team should be a run first team with Mac Jones as your quarterback. You need to have the threat of the run. In order, yeah. in order to be good, right? And if you have if you have the threat of the run and you're getting loaded boxes and you still can't throw out of those situations, then you you just you don't really have much hope as an offense, honestly. Right. And that's kind of where it seems like where they are. They might be running in some of these situations because they know if they try to throw it, they're going to get a pass rush that yeah. is going to blow up the play immediately and. You know, uh, we can we've we've talked about the right tackle situation ad nauseum, but you go to Cole Strange at left guard. I think Tom Curran, I believe, on his podcast was talking about how Strange like could have surgery on his knee, but turned it down and is trying to play through it. And it's like, uh, what do you do with that? Right. Strange hasn't looked good, but if he's not healthy and he's not going to get healthy, you're you're kind of your offense here is banking on your first rounder and second rounder from last year playing, and they're uh, they can't get on the field. Right. And right. I I think there's questions about their evaluations, but neither of these guys were injury prone where they're coming from. Um, I don't think you can really hold it against the staff that they got hurt. And you can't really hold it against the staff for banking on their first and second round picks to be good players. So I don't really know what you do with that information going forward. I don't know how you apply that. Yeah. It's hard. You know, it's hard. And the second guess, you know, Mob just mentioned it too, like the second guess of Dewan Jones. I get it. I understand the Dewan Jones thing makes sense, right? I didn't I didn't understand that to me. I didn't didn't make sense to me. Why not take a flyer on a guy like that that's that's that big at right tackle and just see. You throw on Wenu at right guard and him at right tackle. I mean, holy crap, dude. Combine throw Trent Brown at left tackle and you got, you know, a thousand pounds of guys in, in you know, three guys, and you got almost a thousand pounds of of uh of man muscle up front, right? So mm-hmm. Maybe even over a thousand pounds, depending on 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 the, on the weekend, I suppose, right? But I just that's the stuff for me that I don't understand. Um, you know, 
I get it. I and I and listen, maybe he, he didn't fit the evaluation. Maybe they wanted a guy that was a little bit more, um, you know, maybe they wanted a guy that was a little bit more uh, athletic. Maybe they like City So's tape or a potential a little bit more. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer for you, right? But like, it just seems interesting to me. Um, yeah. Well, and that's So has been banged up here, and they've gone with low at right tackle. Right. The first thing I think I'm going to be looking for in practice reports this week is all right. This are we going to see any city so at tackle now? Right. Uh, right. And especially if they're not, they gave him a lot of reps there in the preseason. And if they he's did. healthy and he's not there, and they got low starting over him, man, I got some questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's hard. So I don't know what they're going to do moving forward, but they have to figure something out offensively, defensively. Look. The J.C. Jackson trade, I, I love the J.C. Jackson trade, and it's funny. People it's have been awesome. talking about, oh, they're dumpster diving. And all this. It's like, dude, stop it. Stop it. The Patriots let J.C. Jackson walk, which I thought was stupid at the time. I said it at the time. I was pissed. I've, I've been were – we, were, we were we doing the podcast at that point when um, – I don't think we were together at that point yet. When they, when they traded Stephon Gilmore for a six-round pick in 2092 – uh, and and they this is let, right before I came on. Okay, yeah. and they let JC Jackson walk. And I have never been so mad in my life because you had two all pro guys at corner and you got literally nothing back. Nothing, not one thing back for them. And JC Jackson ended up getting hurt last year. So instead of getting a third round pick, you got a fourth round pick, right? And and AJ, just to be clear, just just so I'm clear about this, right? You knew they were gonna walk out the door. You knew they were leaving. And so I know you didn't want to pay them, but I find it very hard to believe that nobody would have traded you something for J.C. Jackson, that you couldn't have gotten more than a six-round pick. In 2020, if you weren't sold on Stephon Gilmore, you trade a midseason. That team sucked. Just trade a midseason. Who cares? You know, send him somewhere, get a third-round pick for him or whatever, something. You get something back better than what you got in 2021 for trading him. So, you know, like I, I, I understand, you know, that – Annoyed me, but fine. JC Jackson's been, it's been like less than 18 months since he left here and he's already back and you gave up nothing to get him and you're paying him almost nothing. So like, you know, it, that's a win for the Patriots. And look, is he going to be great here? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to even going to play well, but at this point you, you just say, well, I mean, we have to do something. Because Jack Jones still wasn't wasn't at practice today on Wednesday. I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Marcus Jones is out another week. I'm guessing if Thornton and the, well, there's some there are some reports about Thornton that he's in the building but not activated yet, and right. I think he might be good to go for Sunday. But Jack Jones was reported as a two month thing, and yeah, I don't know if he's if he's if he's not there today Wednesday. I don't think we're seeing him on Sunday. He did try to say something like he was coming back soon, but. But um, he said he's he's going to come back as soon as possible, which could right, mean which doesn't anything. necessarily mean right. We don't right. know what possible is. Yeah, I also I also think it's worth mentioning that somebody I wish I could credit who it was. Somebody had reported for the J.C. Jackson trade that they had already been talking about this trade before, before. this weekend. Yeah, which I think says a lot about when they think Jack Jones is coming back and when right. they think Marcus Jones is. I think Marcus Jones done for the year probably or close to it. That's so sad. Um, it's so sad. Well, and that's if there's one thing that makes me more sad than anything else about this team. Yeah. I think it had potential to be a truly like dominant defense in some regards. Yeah. And we're not going to get a single game of the whole thing healthy. 
Yeah. Not, not a sad. single game with all 11 out there that you want out there. And that's really frustrating. Um, yeah. Which is why I hope that they don't blow this up and they can get those guys back out there next year. Because I want to see this. Give me give me what this defense could be. <laughs> Dude, imagine Gonzo, all three Joneses, and JC Jackson. That's your top five at corner. Like, it's outrageous. Yeah. And, you get, know, get ready for Miles Bryant starting. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> and listen, hey, to be honest, to be fair with Miles Bryant, I know he got smoked by CeeDee Lamb, but he should never be in that situation where he's covered CeeDee Lamb one on one. Like, yeah. he has been, he's played well this year. He has. And you just have to get him in the right situation. And yeah. so, you know, we'll kind of see where that, where that goes from there. But, you know, him and Sean Wade, I think, have played pretty well. I mean, like, you know, that. That's a pair that could start on NFL teams with some of the coverage you see around the league. Um, yeah. And the fact that that's your five and your six there, or your four and your six, depending on where we think Miles Bryant is in the depth chart, I think you got to feel good about it. Right. Um, yeah. And to answer the secondary coaching, too. Yes. Agreed. I agree. Uh, and to answer AJ's question, JC Jackson's in the second year of a four year deal. He's he's so, on, right? Isn't it a four year deal? So he's he's, he's got, got three or maybe four years left. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a four. Year. Pretty sure it's a four year deal. Um, and so he signed up for for quite a few years. He also has no more guaranteed money after this year, which means yeah. that the Patriots could cut him at any time and give up nothing. Well, not not any time. I think is the key. He has a bonus and some some money that becomes okay. guaranteed at a certain date next year, or sometime okay. in March. So I think okay. before the new league year. They have to do something. They have to make a decision on his contract. But he is, if he plays well enough and you want to keep him around, I think you could do the whole Danny Amendola situation where you go to him and you say, Hey, we have, we can cut you and you're going to go to the open market and you're going to make $4 million a year on a deal. We will let you stay here and pay you $5 million instead. How does that sound? Right. <laughs> One of those, if they think he's worth it. I, Here's the thing. I doubt they will just because you, you're already paying Jonathan Jones. And right. if you're paying Peppers and Duggar to stay, I don't think you're also going to pay $12 million a year, which is what J.C. Jackson's owed for a guy who probably isn't cracking your starting lineup if everybody else is healthy. Uh, if he And if he's cracking your starting lineup, either he's back to full form or Jack Jones is not what right. you expected you know, I mean, maybe maybe he plays well this year, and the Patriots move him in the offseason again, right? Like they did with Jamie Collins, right? So it's like, but and, and the worst case is you just got a, an actual starting caliber corner for essentially nothing to right. fletch out the rest of your, your year. Who already knows your system? Uh, this yeah. is as it's basically a free agent pickup. Yeah, exactly, right. And that's really what it comes down to, right? A free agent pickup that you don't have to give any guaranteed money to for the most part, at least this year. So, um. You know, so we'll see. It, it, old man's asking about um, Keon White. I think Keon White is going to take a big chunk of Matthew Judon snaps. I think he should take a big chunk of Matthew Judon snaps. I don't know if he's going to play inside a ton, but I think I can see him moving inside and outside. He'll, he'll Look, play I think inside see, on passing downs. Yeah, I think you'll see Anthony Jennings take a lot more snaps on yes. you know at D end outside linebacker. He's been great against the run. I wonder if you use him a little bit against the pass too just because you don't have Judon out there and kind of see where it they've, goes from there. And they've been doing a lot of um, situations where they play basically like a 3-4 defense, but one of the outside linebackers is Judon and the other one's Tavai. They like right. doing that in the way yep. that looks. So you you can do that. You're just going to replace Judon with Jennings in 
um, your run situations. And then when it's passing downs, you're probably going to have Keon White and Josh Uche as your two outside linebackers. I think think you can get away with stuff situationally. It's just, it's tough because Judon is your best outside linebacker at all of the things. He's as he's the best run stopper of the group. He's probably your second best pass rusher of the group. He's incredibly savvy. He's good in pass coverage too, for a guy who plays that position. He's a, he's, a cute, he's got, he's got great instincts. He, he rarely put, pulls himself out of a play with what he does. And you can't, I love Josh Uche. You can't say that about him. He'll be over aggressive at times. So yeah, whoever is in that spot, I think is going to have to play very disciplined football. Right. Because, yeah, Josh Uche and Keon White on the edge is awesome. But if you're playing Josh Allen and they both over pursue and Allen runs for 15 yards to pick up a first on you, you know, we're all mm-hmm. going to be sitting here annoyed, wishing we had Judon out there. I'm going to tell you something right now. If I were the Patriots, which I'm not. But if I were running the show on defense, I would send the dogs after Josh Allen, and I would have Marte Mapu be the spy and just go, yeah. just go head hunting, kid, and just go get him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just, you know, because why not, right? Like he's got the speed and athleticism to do it. Now he's not. I'm not saying he's gonna like be the Josh Allen stopper or anything like that. But like, try to make life difficult for Josh Allen in the pocket, and then if he get it, if he, you know. If he gets out of the pocket, well, then just, you know, sick Marte Mapu on him and see what happens, you know? And maybe it doesn't work out, but I'll tell you what, I don't want it to be Mac Wilson because we saw how that turns out last year. So, you know. Well, and what's what's nice about what New England can still do defensively, there's two parts here. One, they they scheme a ton of pressure anyway, and you can still find ways to do that, even with Judon not out there. So I think they'll be fine in passing downs. I'm more worried about run situations, I think, with Judon out, or like first down, like neutral downs, where you don't know if they're going to run or they're going to pass. But also, you know, it can be Mapu spying him. It can be Duggar. It can be Peppers. It can be Phillips when they decide to put him out there. And you can rotate guys and shift guys around and bring up blitz where, oh, you thought Mapu was the spy, but he's actually blitzing and you're going to have Duggar and contain on the other side for when you flush him out type of thing. So I think you got options. I just, you worry a little bit about the secondary for that Bills game whenever yeah. guys are back, uh, depending on who is backed by that. And it's like, yeah, you play, you play good defense against the Bills and they can still score 27 on you. So can the offense keep up with that right now? It's a hard no, especially with how the bills defense is playing. And that's looking, what are we looking two, three weeks ahead here? Yeah. I think three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, but you know, I mean, look, yeah, yeah. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I think the next two weeks you, you have to see life out of your offense. That's Mm -hmm. what's going to determine your defense is still good enough to play with teams, but your offense is going to have to win you games. Now it was always going to have to win you games. It's more important. Now you got two weeks here two games you should win or at least you should win if this team is going to be as good as we thought it could be yeah offense is going to have to get it done i think you got to see at least 20 points in each of these next two games to feel good i think you want to see less than two turnovers combined in the next two weeks you can give we got one turnover for the next two weeks use it use it well right and make something happen and if we're, we're settling for field goals we're settling for field goals i can live with that Right. But if you got to do it consistently, like if it's a if it's a four field goals and a touchdown kind of game, I think you can feel at least kind of okay with that compared to some of the things we've seen. Right. I mean, to me, the most damning stat 
of all is that Mac Jones has never it's it's even it's a crazy stat to even think about. But Mac Jones has never won a game when the opponent has scored 24 points or more, which is just wild. I mean, it's wild to think that that's the truth. Like, and that's he's never and it's won not, a game, you know, and, and it's, it's not, not just, just him. him. No, yeah. right. But, but still, the fact that he hasn't won a game when the opposing team has scored 24 points says, you know, says quite a bit, right? Yeah. In my opinion. Although someone said that, but then. That's not quite true. I think maybe he's never won. It, he's never won more than twenty-four points because he beat the Chargers. How was the score of that game on Halloween night? It was like a super close game. Hold on, there it is, right there. That 27 24. So he did. Yeah. So, but the defense um, had the game-winning touchdown in that one. Adrian Phillips. That's right, Adrian Phillips. That's right with pick six. Yeah. Yes, and they scored yeah. the Chargers. I'm just looking at here. The Chargers scored with forty seconds left. So, like, it's not as though and the. It was like tight yeah. the whole game, but still. Well, and the the offense did have a great drive to kind of close it out, to, right? In that one to get a field goal, and that's the, true. They ran down like six or eight minutes a clock there in the fourth yeah. quarter or something like that, which that's that's something else I would love to see. Like if you're if you're not gonna have explosive plays, let's move the ball consistently and feel good about it, and let's get some twelve yard plays in there, some seventeen yard plays there. It's not right. technically explosive, but that's a chunk. Yeah, if you, get two, if you can get two of those in a drive and pick up a couple other first downs, hey, they've been winning the uh, field position battle for the most part. They're putting themselves in good spots. They shouldn't need as many yards as other teams to score. It's just cutting down on the turnovers. Don't get yourself into bad positions. I mean, how many times have we talked about them getting down early? Nine of like their last 10 games, something like that. They've we've gotten themselves down early at some point or found themselves down early in the second half and had to do something. I just... You can't consistently play from that point. You don't have the offensive weapons you used to. You don't have Brady and Gronk and Edelman and James White to lead you back for victory. You're not that offense. If you're going to win ball games, you're going to have to play from a lead or from a tie. You're from maybe a three-point deficit. That's you can you can stay in that range. You don't want to be dipping any lower than that. And that's just coming out of the the gates with the right mindset. And yeah. the, here's the thing. They did last week. The first drive was good. They should have scored a touchdown on it. They Even with Mac Jones misreading that play, they could have scored a touchdown on that opening drive. And the drive after that last week, they got close to scoring position. Couldn't convert on a fourth down. It's not that they can't move the ball. It's that they can't do it without making too many mistakes to cost themselves points. And it's there's a comment. I, I don't remember where it is in the chat. Somebody had said this is the worst offense in the league. I double-checked it. Not that this is great. But they're 21st in yards per drive. It's not like they can't move the ball. That's not good enough to be clear. But that's not worse. That's a little bit worse than average. Yeah. But they just cannot convert it into points because they can't. They, they keep making mistakes. And that's got to find a way to clean that up. And that comes down to Mac and everybody else on offense and Bill O'Brien. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So also, just lastly here, yes, John o. Smith does suck. Don't don't let what's happening in Atlanta can you know confuse you. John O. Smith does suck. Just just trust me on that. Okay. Well, and they didn't they didn't put him in a good spot to succeed in New England. Like he has no. a skill set. He, he has things that he's good at. There's not a whole lot, but he has things that he's good at. They didn't put him in a spot for that. And I don't 
I don't think he was a scheme fit next to Hunter Henry. I think that was a big part of that. And they paid him way too much money for the job they expected him to do. Yeah. It's, you know, get the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage and let him win with his yards after the catch. That's pretty much it, you know? Yeah. So anyways, so, um, yeah, I, you know, I have a comment here. I want to pull because I love it. Oh, it's counterpoint to that scoring is better than yards. That has, can we put this like in the locker room? Like, I think the players need this reminder. It's not that they can't move it. Just you need right. the actual points. Right. <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting moral victories on drives right now. And you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I listen. I get it. And I get and I I understand the frustration. I agree with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just like, unfortunately, that's what not not what is not what's happening right now. And a lot of it is self-inflicted. And so yeah. it's something they got to clean up. So, yeah. All right. So, in conclusion, if you're just coming to the if you're just coming to the podcast, Mac Jones stinks, and he's walking. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. Listen, we are. I'm out on Mac Jones. Matt isn't out on Mac Jones just yet. I'm not out on Mac Jones to the point where I want Bailey Zappi to start because Bailey Zappi stinks even more than Mac Jones does. And just ask every other can team I, in the NFL. Can I actually add a comment room. there? Yes. This isn't even like a pro Bailey Zappi thing, but you could notice when he came into the game on uh, Sunday against Dallas. There were a couple of concepts they dialed up where he just went in there and stood in the pocket, stepped up and made a throw and made it look easy. And I'm not, this isn't me advocating for Bailey Zappi right. over Mac right. Jones. This is me saying, hey, there's opportunities there and Mac needs to make these plays. Because yeah. if you right. want to make this a quarterback competition, have this happen a couple more times and we're back in a competition. When at if this Bailey point, Zappi shows he can do that. And, and that's the thing. Like at this point, if Mac plays it even one more game the way he did in Dallas, what's the point? Why keep him in there? It doesn't matter. Like you're only. I think Bailey Zappi's other options are that bad. <laughs> well, but here's the thing: I don't. I think Bailey Zappi's worse than Mac Jones. I think Bailey Zappi's not very good. But if you're going to get what you got in Dallas, even more than once, right? Like, what's the point? He can't be worse than that. You know, like what difference does it make? Yeah, at that point. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you know that that's the thing for me is that if Mac's going to be that bad, it just doesn't even matter. Like, put it, put it, put Will Greer in. Put freaking Malik Cunningham in. Who cares? What difference does it make at that point? Like, it doesn't, you know, pull me in from the from the sideline. What difference does it make? You know, like, if he's going to play the way he played in Dallas, it doesn't matter who's in there. Maybe yeah. not me. I don't have a very good arm. I have a fine arm, but not for an NFL quarterback, I know. So, anyways, all right, let's get into our, let's get into our, uh, into our last, uh, our last few segments here. We will. Um... Do our props? Yeah, let's props do the prop first. bets first. Let's do the prop bets first. So, just a quick little prop bet update. Little prop bet update. Last week, I went on to again because I'm terrible with this. Um, I had Tyreek Hill over 87 and a half, which I should have faded that. I'm stupid. And I went Ryan Tannehill under 0.5 passing TDs, and he had one passing touchdown, the same amount as Derrick Henry. You went one and one. You had Vikings Panthers, the over 45 and a half, and Broncos Bears, the over 46 and a half. That's the one that's hit. So you are four and four. I am two and six. It's not going well for me, but that's okay. No. That's okay. Um, you want to go with your uh, with your first? You want to go with uh, with mine? What do you think? My mine deserve to go together. All right. So why don't I do one, and then you can do yeah. both, and then I'll I'll do the last one. Okay. So i I have two alternate. I have two alternate spreads. Two alternates. Okay. Right? So I'm teasing them. All right. Not really teasing, but yeah. Okay. Jets versus Broncos. I'm going this week. I'm bringing the total, which I think is 40 and a half. 
I'm bringing the total all the way down to 32 and a half. And I'm going under 32 and a half. Jets Broncos plus 400 under 32 and a half. See, you didn't let me get an alternate line when I bet the Broncos Miami game. Why do you get the alternate line now? Because <laughs> your alternate line was going to be like eight. Well, I guess you could have done that. That's true. That was just before the the rules that we've instituted. Although I think I think that's not quite high enough to uh, to get extra points. Yeah. So, but uh, yes. Yeah, so anyway, so that's that's what it is. Plus four hundred under thirty two and a half for Jets versus Broncos. I like I. I actually have one in that same game, but that's not the first one I'm going. I have nope. a, a pairing here that is just sicko. Mine last week was I took the over on both of the 0-3 versus 0-3 games. Love it. And I think I've topped that with what I've got here. I love it. I'm doing a, I'm doing a Thursday night prop to start us out because we got to make Thursday night interesting. It's Bears Commanders. Just amazing content right there. I'm taking under Justin Fields passing yards, 189.5. 189. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And then we're going to that Jets Broncos game. I'm looking at this Broncos defense. And I'm going over Zach Wilson passing yards, 201.5. The two, the two 20, uh, 2021 quarterbacks. I'm betting Let's their passing go. yards this weekend for some, uh, some sicko stuff here. And we'll see what happens. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. All right. So you're doing – so it's Zach Wilson over uh, 201.5. Is that the number? Yeah. 201.5 passing. Correct? Yeah. Which rooting for Zach Wilson to throw the ball this weekend is going to be it's a incredible. very weird feeling. So awesome. I love it. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? Uh, Who was under, the under? Justin, oh, Justin Fields, Fields, right? 189.5. 189, dude. Jesus, yeah, that's a, that's incredible. I'm, I love it. Yeah, I don't think Justin Fields has a has a two two good games in a row here. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. If we're being not, honest, not against that defense. Um, yeah. All right. So my last one, I have also I have also uh, brought this one, changed this one a bit. I'm going with a straight uh, with a spread on this one. Houston is the underdog on the road against Atlanta. And I think that's lunacy. I think oh, it's I love lunacy. This. I love so, this. So I am teasing, or I'm bringing Houston to minus 3.5 and taking that at plus 176. Oh, I love it. So Texans, I, Texans are kind of fun this year. I didn't see are. this coming. Right? They are. So, yeah. um, Yes, so that so that's what I'm doing is I'm I'm taking Houston to minus three point five, uh, and again I think they're I think they're I think it's only like plus one and a half. It's not crazy. They're not like crazy underdogs, but it's basically a pick 'em because you know the NFL typically gives about three points for the home team. So, um, you know, so it's 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 basically a pick 'em. But I flipped the script and said no, I'm going. I'm going well, especially with, after with Desmond Ritter for Atlanta last week. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, come on now, they're terrible. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got for you. Yeah. Trivia trivia first. And then we'll, we'll finish with this week in sports history. All right. So, uh, the trivia question I had asked last week was a little bit too hard. And as far as I'm aware, nobody got it. I haven't seen anybody with an answer. Uh, I went a little too niche with it. 
I went for the 07 Pats Cowboys game. Who scored the game winning touchdown? Thought yeah. somebody could dig deep on this and grab it, but nobody did. The answer, Kyle Brady was the one who caught that one. Long answer. We'll go for something a little bit more recent on this this question tonight. That that 2013 Pats Saints game, we all know Kenbrell Tompkins caught the game winning touchdown, but which Patriots receiver caught the fourth down conversion before it to set up the score answers in the chat or on Twitter or whatever, whoever gets it first is going to be part of our entry. We'll give you the answer for it uh, in the next episode. And yes, no nonsense gaming. Kyle Brady was a tight end drafted in the first round actually by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Legend. Yep. Yep. So (laughs) yeah, Brady got drafted in the first. Yes, that's true. Very true. See, um, all right. So, uh, so all right, let's do, let's finish as we always do with our final segment of the day. And now for something we think you'll really like this week in sports history. All right, Matt. Um, I'm gonna let you go first because I think I think that I have one that you are gonna say. So I'm gonna let you go first because I think you have it, and so I'm gonna let you take it. All right. Well, on this day, you know. 2001. Oh, okay. Is this all right? Not the same one. Bruins retired Ray Bork's jersey in the NHL season opener at Boston Garden, meeting beating the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim four to two. I love it. I love it. So I have two of them. I have two. Um, one of them is in 1906. This day in 1906, um, the Chicago Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates four nothing. And ended the MLB season 116 and 36 with a 763 winning percentage, which of course is unmatched since then because that is outrageous that they would have a 763 winning percentage. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, it. Looked like they only played 152 games that year, but nevertheless, um, seven seven thirty sixty three is outrageous. Um, and then the final one. This is the one I thought you would have. Is on this day in 2018, Tom Brady becomes only the third NFL QB to record 500 career passing touchdowns as he connects with. Oh, uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was against this, the Colts. Was this, thir- was this Thursday night football against the Colts? Was it Thursday it was. night or was it? It was a uh, night game. It was definitely a night game. I don't know if it was Thursday night or, or Sunday night, but it was definitely a night game. And he like scrambled around in the backfield like for a million years and just threw this friggin you know moonshot that josh that josh uh josh gordon jumped up and ripped away from three guys awesome so awesome it was awesome yeah yeah and the old uh the old color rush uniforms too yes yep which i guess are now the new uniforms i suppose but if if you want to get technical there are okay i know they're not but you know like Yes, Matt will Matt will correct me if I say they are <laughs> technically they're not technically the ones, but they look like there are, there's there's a couple of differences that are yeah. meaningful. But yeah, yeah. agreed. Effect same in theory. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right, that does it for the show. Uh, that does it for the show. Listen, people are pissed. They deserve to be yeah. pissed. I get it. Hey, let's end on a good note here. If we're talking yes. Boston sports, Drew Holiday. What do you think? I, listen, man. I it kills me, like kills me to give up Rob Williams. Kills me. Yeah, Brogdon, I get it. They had to move. Fine, but like, 
it kills me to give up Rob Williams, but at the end of the day, you needed him. You needed Drew Holiday, and he's a, a phenomenal defender. He's a better point guard than Marcus Smart. Like, you're a better team now than you were at the beginning of the offseason. You've added Porzingis, and you've added Drew Holiday. Now, the question is, can they all stay healthy, right? But that was the question going into the end of this year without those guys. So, yeah. you, you you know, you get the same questions going on. But if everyone stays healthy, this team is the best team in the East and, you know, should be and could be representing uh, the Eastern Conference in the finals against whomever's there again. So, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah. So, hey, well. Celtics are the, the bright light. And Bruins Bruin start soon, too. And they do. You know, I don't know if they're going to be good, but Luch is back. And I'll, I'll always root for Milan. Yeah, they'll be fun. You know, I don't know if they're going to be as good as certainly they had to give up a ton of guys. Um, but, you know, I think that they'll be young and fun. I'm hoping at least they, we'll see. They got some guy they drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. Who's like 19 who might be yeah. their f- first line center. I don't even know how to say his name. I'm not going to try it. it. No, yeah. no, don't even try it. It's it's not, it's not worth it. It's, but is it French? Yeah. I'm not going to say yeah, that no, with don't my even, last name. No, being don't Saint even Jean, say it's like, French. Like it doesn't even, we don't even know. Yeah. Just, it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just let it go. Um, But it's great. I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And that's like, let the young kids play and see what you got. You know, that's yeah. the way I feel about it. They got a few young guys heading up in the system. So um, that, that lesson could apply to some Patriots receivers too. hundred percent. Let's hope it does. Let's hope it does. Because yes. I've seen enough of yes. Juju. I'd love to see more. Give me some... Pop Douglas needs to be out there more than what? 35% some of the pop, snaps. Pop. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> have you not seen community? <laughs> I have. I have. I love community. I treasure the whole show, but like, come on. <laughs> so, but anyways, guys, thank you for, uh, Thank you for for showing up in the chat. As always, chat was flying tonight. We appreciate you guys and having a, conversations a, in there. And a note for our viewers: no yes. show on Sunday. That's correct. Pat is busy. I'll be at the game. We're going to do the show, I believe, on Monday instead. I think so. Yeah, my sister in law is getting married, so I'll be at the wedding. Funny note, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but funny note: I've missed three games in the last ten years because of weddings. Once in 2013. Once in 2021. And once in 2023, and every single time they've been playing the New Orleans Saints. I don't know how that's possible. The odds of that being the case back in 2013 is insane. Um, but but that's the case. So um, so and they've played the Saints exactly three times at home since 2013, and I've missed all three of them for winning. So, you know, it's crazy. But anyways, that's uh, you know, one of the weird, weird anomalies of the universe, I guess. So how but uh, how it happens. Yep. But Matt will have so fun at the game. I'll you're going to be busy on a random Sunday in four years, too, I'm sure. Probably, yes. The next Probably time they come the to case. town. Or they'll be in, you know, London or something like that, and I won't be able to go. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, you know what? If they're in London, I might have to fly over for the game just to say just I to went to a home game against the Saints. Right. I agree. So Or go to New Orleans in two, four Ooh. years. That's a better idea. So I like that. You guys know I do I do uh I do one road trip a year. I'm doing Pittsburgh this year, and then maybe I'll have to make New Orleans a trip in four years. It sounds like a great yeah, I'll come with you so. to uh Ooh, Pat's Nation. I like that. I like that. Boys, so, boys New Orleans. No doubt. That's great. That sounds like fun. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, we're rambling here. We uh we appreciate you guys. We love you. We'll talk to you on Monday, hopefully recapping a big win against the New Orleans Saints.